0: Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh.
1: Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, we're back. Dude, How you doing, my we're friend? We're
0: back. We're doing fantastic, other than the fact that for like the 17th time, I almost deleted the intro audio uh, <laughs> when we started the podcast. Fair enough. <laughs> like The software that we use has there's like a menu bar at the top, but when you go into record mode, the menu bar goes away. Uh-oh. So like there's a countdown and you're like timing it to hit that the intro music. Uh, but that menu bar goes away and nine times out of 10, oh, my mouse is sitting over the delete button.
1: <laughs> Ooh, that's risky business, but you do it well, <laughs> good. you do it well. And uh, Hey people, we should apologize. We, we tried uh, to record this and like halfway in our recording uh, last week, my internet cut out, but the the platform we used to podcast also crashed at the same time. So it was quite a kerfuffle, as many would say. And uh, yeah, so we're Good back. We're back now. Kerfuffles. We are. We do yeah.
0: apologize. We probably could have tried to make it work, but we were like, you know, we're just going to chalk that week up to a failure and move <laughs> on. <laughs>
1: But we are back and, you know, uh, we keep trying. We keep trying to talk. So that's what matters. Um, that yeah, true. man. Middle of the week um, is yours off to a good start. I know it's kind of early morning, your time. So, yeah, thanks for making it happen yep. right and early.
0: It, uh, it's been a decent week. Nothing eventful other than like. It's Colorado and it's springtime in Colorado, which means beautiful weather one day, high 60s, low 70s, and then the next day in the teens, and it's just blasting you with cold air. Oh, snow. Brutal.
1: Brutal. Yeah. That's hard. It's
0: miserable. And then it's nice again. It makes no sense at all. Uh, Right right now, it's 20 something degrees, I think, when I took my dog out, which is like on the border of do I put on real pants? Or do I just go out in basketball shorts weather? Uh, wow. It was a mistake today. The wind was blowing. So, you yeah. know, halfway through my, my dog's poop, I was like, ah, dude, you need to wrap this up because I'm freezing. <laughs> Sorry.
1: I'm sure he was oh, freezing too. Weird. 20 degrees is is brutal. Yeah, that's that's no joke. Winter weather. That's the
0: only benefit is his his walks in the morning much quicker when it's cold out. But <laughs> the high today is 50. And then tomorrow the high is almost 70. Uh, wow like colorado please make up your mind i always like to say colorado Get bipolar weather yeah it's it, true it doesn't know what it wants to feel it's just kind of all it's over true. the place
1: yeah we've officially started What's spring new, here dude? in Pennsylvania.
0: Uh, i know something I that's say, new about you
1: wait what what do you know that's new about me my standing desk my camper that's new to me I I, your we camper. yeah Yeah, we, last week, so we've been saving for a while uh, in our camper fund, and um, last week we officially pulled the trigger and got a pretty sweet camper. It's a pop-up, but it's like a big pop-up that actually has a king mattress on one side and a queen mattress on the other, a couch that converts into a bed, and a dinette that converts into a bed. So it's like crazy. (laughs) It's like, way bigger than the pictures made me think it was. Uh, and as I got it, as I was towing at home, I was realizing, like, this thing's hefty. Like, this is this is no joke. So anyway, man, we I think next weekend we're going to try to do I'm going to take Monday off. So not this. Anyway, I'm going to take a day off and we're going to go do a, an inaugural camping trip on a Sunday night or like leave on Sunday sometime and just stay one night to like test it out, see how the girls do, get them used to the camper, get us used to the camper, all that. But then we have a bunch of cool adventures planned this summer. Uh, so it should be really fun. Um, yeah. There's a lot that uh, comes with a camper, especially when yours has like mine has has a shower and a toilet inside as an outdoor shower, as propane lines, like electrical, like there's so much stuff to know. It's it's a little intimidating, but I'm slowly getting up to speed and feeling like I think I can fake it till I make it on <laughs> knowing what That's to do with really all mean. this stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, but you I'm always pumped, have YouTube. Man. Just make sure yeah. you're not going into crazy places to camp where you don't have cell service. You can't look something up. Right. I mean, That's yeah. true. Um, That's Andrew's true. also announcing with his camper that they're becoming a YouTube family. That they're going to record their adventures this <laughs> summer as they travel across the country. So, oh, man, you, know, zo- you know, uh, uh, Google them up on uh, on the YouTubes. It's the yeah. Hannah Clan. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, is Klein. Uh, there? The Hannah is clan. there? <laughs> Yeah, is their tag. So just go look them up. And, That'd be great. you just going to start producing videos. It's pretty Okay, exciting.
1: let's be real. My three-year-old is naked way too much of the time to be a YouTube family. Um, <laughs> keeping her clothed is like, that can be like the, the most significant challenge. It would be like early. your stick. I just have to go through and like blur all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like full body you just blur. put a black
0: box. You'll get yeah. so good at video editing because you'll have to like – you have to track the black box properly all the way through exactly. all your shots.
1: Exactly. Yeah, man. No, so I don't know, but oh. but I'm pretty pumped. We're gonna go to Great Smoky Mountain National Park um as part of our like trips this summer, and nice. it should be really cool, man. Um And then we're planning to end the summer at Assateague Island, which is like three hours away, but it's a state and national park. It's right across from Ocean City. Maryland, but it's literally, it's its own large Island that is all park. And like, you can camp there, but there's no like hotels, there's no houses. Like there's just a few little buildings for like, you drive across a huge bridge. Um, Uh, and yeah, man, it's, it should be really cool. Like we went there a few times last summer when we were at the beach and we we're kind of dreaming about it like, wow, if we had a camper, um as long as as good a c could be awesome so in September that's kind of where we're planning to go um yeah we got some we got some campsites, and let me just say, I know we have a lot to get to in our conversation that's not this, but there are a lot of people who are going camping and buying campers these days, and oh, yeah. I think with covid that that made it just explode in terms of like that's what people are doing for us. It was just cause like we were saving up, uh, my wife's counseling income and we were thinking like, maybe we go on a big trip, you know, and then realized like we could do that once or we could buy a camper and do a lot of small trips, you know, um, small to medium mm-hmm. trips, which with two little girls is probably way better, uh, for this phase of life. That's our work in theory. I'll let you know how it comes about, but, uh, But dude, like people are intense about reserving campsites with the national park system and state parks. You can reserve exactly six months in advance and you can reserve starting at 10 a.m. Eastern, um, six months away, you know. So like when we were booking Assateague Island, uh, there's only a few places. It's like a really cool campsite right next. It's. On the beach, basically. So there's a lot of people who want to go there. But dude, we had like our number one site, number two, number three, and number four all planned. And like within seconds of the thing opening up to where you could book it, like number one, two, and three were all gone. And we scrambled and quickly got the fourth site, like fourth option. But it was like nerve wracking because I don't know. Apparently, people with faster internet are like multiple computers open, beat us there. Um, It was an intense process. So anyway, yeah. If you ever want to go camping at a state or national park, get in early. That's for sure.
0: We used to go camping uh, most summers when we were little uh, on the beach in California. And it was a similar thing. And, you know, this is before the internet or at least the internet was, you know, used for these types of things. Um, So like, you'd have to like call, I think it was six months to get a reservation for the week that you wanted in. Uh, but then the yeah. week of you had to arrive at like their offices at like it had to been early. I just remember maybe it wasn't as early as 6 a.m. But it felt like 6 a.m. is for a child uh, yeah. to get in like a lottery. Uh, so you can pick what site that, like you had for the week. Oh, wow. It was just, yeah, it was a, it was a production. That's for sure. I think everything's online now <laughs> yeah. and it's still six months out. Um, yeah. They're just like, it's not, that's not even fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's intense, man, it. but I'm excited. I, uh, I think it'll be really cool. And like for us, dude, I love in I know I'll probably even reference some of this, but I love being outside and adventures, um, camping, backpacking, hiking, fishing, really just spending time outdoors is my preference anytime I can. And, uh, You know, like with our move back to Pennsylvania and having little kids, like we haven't been camping in quite a while. So the fact that, yes, with the camper, there's a lot of stuff to know and a lot uh, to think about. Realistically, it's like it opens the doors up again to something that Jana and I both love. So I'm pretty pumped about it. Like it'll be it'll be really good to uh, to kind of get back into that mode. And and have some fun. So, yeah, man, something I'm for sure looking forward to. Otherwise, spring is here and it's cold this morning, not 20 degrees, but still chilly and uh, overall starting to warm up here in Pennsylvania. So I'm cool with that. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form. And hey, do you ever get tired of hearing your own voice in your head when you're reading the Bible? Yeah, my voice is lame. I need a new inner monologue. Have you heard of the Dwell app? It allows you to have scripture read to you by a variety of incredible voices wherever you are.
0: That's incredible. Now if it only had amazing background music to accompany it.
1: (laughs) Of course they do. The music calms the mind so you can remember scripture better. And you can impress people with all your Bible knowledge.
0: My insecurities would flee before me. I will become the greatest Christian ever. You need prayer. Dwell is a Bible reading app that takes um, the passion of reading the Bible and kind of packages it up into a simple app that lives on your phone that can remind you uh, when, uh, when you need to be spending some time with Jesus. And we talk a lot about fostering relationship with Jesus. That's one of the reasons um, we've partnered up with, with Dwell. Um, getting a subscription to Dwell does give us a little bit of kickback, which helps support the channel. So we appreciate um, those that uh, do sign up using our link, which is com forward slash dwell d-w-e-l-l i uh, have to think about that for a second uh, how you spell dwell uh, not <laughs> a word i uh, i say that often but this gslaypodcast.com right. forward slash dwell uh, helps us out um if you subscribe using that link to their services which we think are fantastic right. it's the only reason we partner with them yeah but Andrew, check it out dude we ended the series we did it in between yeah. podcasts Mm-hmm. Then we tried to do a second podcast and everything crashed and failed on us and our computers yep. hate us. So that's, that mm-hmm. was that, uh, or mm-hmm. Andrew's internet company hates him and uh, doesn't yes. want him recording podcasts anymore. So they attacked him. That's true. Uh, yep. or yep. there's aliens out there that are stopping us, which is definitely also a possibility <laughs> that aliens yeah. exist. I don't, could be anything. I think those are you the know. only
1: realistic possibilities of.
0: You know, what happened in between. Yeah. I've been, I didn't tell you this. I've been on this alien kick recently. (laughs) Uh, Listen to a Joe Rogan podcast, like clip about some guy Uh, that worked at area 51 back in like the eighties, maybe, Uh maybe it was the eighties. And that just got me down this, this like deep dive of like aliens and do they really exist? And what are really smart (laughs) people saying about aliens? Uh, I'm from that oh, camp man. that like I don't know if they exist or don't exist. Uh, some people like if they do exist, it would really wreck their their faith or their ability to believe in yeah. a God because yeah. you know aliens are out there. Um, but mm-hmm. shoot, there's plenty of you know groups of people that I would assume God created uh, outside of Adam and Eve to populate the world uh, that He didn't talk about. So yeah, maybe He got bored and created other other. Now it's Dude. probably gonna be like a Tower of Babel kind of thing. Like we start connecting up, uh, whether even if they're attacking us and taking our world for resources, uh, God probably is gonna intervene in, like the Tower of Babel and separate it because it wasn't wasn't what he wanted. Right, right. Like, these people got too right. smart. These these mm-hmm. tiny little human like creatures. Uh, but yeah, that's my views on on. I know everyone was wondering um, what we've okay. thought about hey, aliens. Real that's quick, what we think.
1: Right, while we're on this tangent, I. So I'm not a flat earther, but I'm not, not a flat earther. <laughs> I, I'm entertaining possibilities of like, and flat earth is like crazy to say flat, but, um, anyway, extraterrestrial, extraterra, uh, which is the root of extraterrestrial, um, extraterra means extra, um, land or more land, Um, and many flat earthers or those who at least say, no, it's not a spinning ball globe earth, um, have theories that there's actually more land with other types of life on it. Uh, that's still attached to our realm of the earth, but is maybe separated by, um, an ice wall is, is a big theory people have like, like,
0: A landmass
1: of of huge mountains and ice, uh, a.k.a. Antarctica, uh, is what many say, um, where there's maybe more land that exists outside of that with other forms of life. So extraterra.
0: So aliens aren't actually coming from other planets. They're just coming over the ice wall.
1: That's what people believe. Some people believe. Um, I don't know if I believe that or not, but I find it to be fascinating. Like you, to go down a rabbit hole and just like understand, like what are people thinking and why, and what do I think about so this? Is it
0: the whole like we never went to the moon conspiracy? Oh,
1: that's or the moon like is just part of, part of our of
0: diorama.
1: Yeah. That's, that's a part of it. Uh, I don't think we went to the moon actually. And we don't can either. talk about that more. Okay. Good. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we went at all. That flag uh, was
0: moving. I don't care what anyone says.
1: <laughs> yeah. And what about the guy who stayed behind on the moon to pan up and get that good shot of people going back to the lunar Rover, you know, how's that guy doing? Oh, <laughs> Is he that's having a great fair. life up there? um that's anyway fair. there's a lot of reasons why i think we didn't actually go to the moon including that i think you can't even land on the moon i think it's a, a luminary and not a solid planet but we wow. can talk about those things later wow. um yeah
0: well, i think <laughs> yeah. i think people have landed on the moon that's where china's been building up its space base on the back side of the moon i'm convinced no, that. i don't think so i don't think so i think that's they have lasers pointed at the earth they're gonna blow it up dude Oh, uh, no, very similar to independence day
1: okay I mean, america's well, gonna come
0: together and we're gonna sing that song together and it's gonna be a great moment we're forget <laughs> about politics for a day <laughs> we're
1: just all waiting for independence day to play out in our real lives oh man nice, yeah it'd nice. be like the culmination of COVID is over we're in something new when we actually live the opening scene of independence day um I don't really want the white house and like all of DC and everything to be blown up. That was pretty intense, but it's seared into my memory of like, that's what happens in independence day. So
0: (laughs) it happens in most movies that involve the white house.
1: Yeah. What a great tangent. What a great set of tangents. And I want, I'm so, I really want to go down other tangents. Maybe you and I need to have a podcast sometime as a breather of just like Hey, what crazy, what conspiracy theories do you actively entertain? Dude, I have another you know,
0: podcast idea. That'd be really where fun. Where could do these types yeah. of things.
1: Wow. I just think it'd be a great in-between series discussion where you're like, all right, we're just going to have fun and talk about this stuff, you know, because I don't crazy. know that it's I could crazy. talk about well, we it always, but it'd be really fun to go back and forth. Like stuff about nuclear weapons, the moon space travel you have views nuclear weapons interesting i sure do man i, don't I use sure nuclear do weapons yeah I, it, I other, could send other, you other some,
0: than they may not be used in the near future
1: <laughs> i could send you some stuff you know so anyway <laughs> let's uh, let's that's talk about where are we going we're gonna get this. back
0: on track here <laughs> uh that isn't this. Is this has been highly entertaining it's been for me. Fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're starting a new series. We're calling this series Conversations. Uh and this is actually from a a nonprofit called True Face, um, which is goal in life is to help people connect, um, really connect with one another and connect with God. Uh more on the one another than God piece, but God plays a role in that. So um, yeah. we're kind of working through this and, and the goal of conversations is is really just to um um, model? Um, how do you build deep, actual, meaningful relationships where someone genuinely knows you? Now, Andrew and I have known each other for a long time, probably almost a decade at this mm-hmm. point. I'm not sure yeah. of the dates Close. off the top of my head, but um, you can do this with people you've you've known for 50 years. You can do this with people you just, well, if you just met and you're willing and you're both Des, you know, desiring to go down these roads, um, but essentially you're just trying to get to the root of who you are in the midst of a conversation, so someone else can know the real you. And um, there's ten conversations that we're going to work through, um, probably one conversation per episode. Um, and this first one's just kind of introductory, get to know each other. Let's let's mm-hmm. share our story um, with each other um, to kind of set this thing up. But Andrew, I'll pass it off to you, um, and essentially sharing your story. Um, with these four questions in mind, you know, what were some of your best memories from your childhood, which are your worst? Um, What have uh, been some of the highs and lows of your adulthood? Um, How has your faith journey with God played out and where would you say you are in this journey right now? You just want to take these one at a time and go back and forth or like run right through it.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's do one at a time back and forth. And I know we have, you know, maybe not quite enough time to, to flush this out entirely, but I say, man, knowing that conversation two, three, and four are actually set up to be a little shorter. If we, if we need to take one of the questions into the next podcast and start there, that's okay. You know, let's just work through it uh, naturally. But yeah. So I don't think you said this, Josh, but if you are following along people and you're deciding, Hey, I want to try this, Um, we'll, we'll add a link to where you could get the resource yourself, uh, to guide this, um, in our show notes, but a couple of the rules, one, we're going to break and two, we will try to model, um, the rules of these conversations are no fixing, um, like don't, don't fix each other along the way. Listen, hear, understand, ask more questions if you want, but, but you're not listening to fix other people. Um, no leaking. Which I'm this- going to break
0: that rule right off the bat because I actually wanted to do this because I have a list of things that I want you to fix about yourself, Andrew. Uh, and I okay. felt like this is a good way to bring it up.
1: <laughs> oh, Great. Gonna... Thank you. Thank you. Dude, no this world. way I don't have to And I felt a like a podcast,
0: like uh, a public forum was yeah. the best way to get those things across to you.
1: <laughs> That's perfect. Well, the, the second rule is no leaking, which, uh, we're recording these conversations and putting them out. <laughs> But we're doing so intentionally. Uh, Josh and I might take things a step back knowing that uh, if he and I were just talking and not recording these, I think it would be a full-blown, here's my heart on my sleeve vulnerability level. There might be some things we pull back from just because this is a public forum and we have no idea who listens to it or when. And, And anyway... We'll be as vulnerable as we can, but we are leaking this conversation. Um, and, and if you're doing this one-on-one with somebody that just comes back to confidentiality, accountability, like you're going to hear another person, hear their heart, get to know them deeply and, and then not use that information as ammunition or gossip, but use it as, as a trust building, you know, like you trust me, I'll trust you We're doing this thing, um, And then no preaching is the third rule. And, you know, that's kind of in line with the fixing, but this isn't counseling. This is building relationship deeper. And uh, we're going to try to model that. But, you know, there might be things that like Josh might share something that a couple days from now, maybe I'll be reminded of a scripture, send that his way as an encouragement or something like that but I'm not here to preach at Josh and Josh isn't here to preach at me. You know, this is, this is building relationship. This isn't jumping on our uh, high horse to, to talk to somebody else. So anyway, with all that said, um, question one is what are some of the best memories of your childhood and some of the worst Um, man? So some of the best uh, my family grew up, like we would go, to, there's this camp called word of life, which is like a Christian family camp where like kids, little kids would go to the ranch. Uh, youth would go to the Island and the adults would stay at like the main lodge. Um, and it was cool because we would go there one year. And then the next year we would typically go to the beach, either North Carolina or New Jersey. And um, it'd be like our one week vacation in the summer as a family. And I don't know, I just have a lot of good memories around beach trips, especially, but I also have lots of good memories around word of life, you know? And like, those were things I really looked forward to as a kid, knowing like, Hey, school's done in a month and two weeks after that we're going to the beach or we're going to, you know, New York for word of life or whatever. Like those were super, super fun memories. And like, Times as a family you know just having fun um we also my dad we didn't have a camper growing up uh but we did have a boat um and we had a couple lakes pretty close by and man my parents were always really quick to say like hey the weather's gonna be nice on saturday like it call your friends invite three or four of them we'll get a pizza and we can go tubing and skiing and it was like the best you know like super fun way to spend a weekend um super fun way to spend time with friends and family um yeah boating um as i got a little older camping came into play but it wasn't necessarily my childhood it was more like youth you know um 15 16 17 that's when camping started more um i also had youth winter retreats on there from like my youth group cuz i had a lot of really good friends um through my church. Some of, some of my best friends in my life are people who I grew up going to church with and that are still really good friends today. Um, but man, uh, some of the hardest memories of my childhood, uh, I was thinking about this this morning because I knew I was going to have to answer this. And I think, so my dog, Mocha, when I was really little, we had this dog, Oreo. Um, and Oreo was a dog who like was pretty old when I was starting to remember things. And she, she died or she had to be put down. And that to me was just like, Oreo didn't like me. She was already crotchety. So when she was gone, I was just like, well, I don't have to worry about getting bit by that dog anymore. So that's good. Um, but we got Mocha who's this really cool chocolate lab. We got him as a puppy when I was like, Five maybe or six Um, and he had like a really good like five-ish years of life and then um, developed lymphoma and like had a pretty rapid like decline and then death and man that was hard and that was sad because Mocha was like my dog you know like he was the dog that I saw grow from puppy to full size to like, obedient, protective of me, like doing things with me. So like, yeah, man, when Mocha went downhill pretty quickly, and then um, passed away, that was I think it was the same year my brother had went to college when he passed away. I was already super sad about that. But um, I don't know, I just uh, I was super sad about my brother going to college. She's eight years older. So I was about 10, maybe 11 at the time. And uh, anyway, Mocha died right in that same time. And that was after like a pretty quick decline in health. And I don't know, it was just sad and hard and like sucked. <laughs> that was one of those things that looking back, I'm like, wow, that was like my first, uh, one of my first realizations of like, what death actually is, and just affected me deeply. Um, I guess for a while, uh, but then around that same time, my my grandma um, followed my by my grandpa pretty quickly. Um, both passed away as well, and that was like that was tough, you know. To I think they were about a year apart uh, in passing, and I know my mom listens. Mom, sorry if my timelines are off. I was a little kid. As this was happening, uh, and it's hard to remember exact dates um, of when things happened when I was little. But all that to say, yeah, those those three mocha, my my grandma and my grandpa passing were all like, yeah, just extraordinarily hard to wrap my mind around um, being little enough that like I knew the impact of, you know, uh, my dog or family passing away. But it was something that was like pretty hard to reconcile. And the last thing, like my brother and sister going away to college uh, when I was younger was hard. I was uh, my my sister's six years older than me and my brother's eight years older than me. So when they kind of moved on with that next step of life, moved out of the house and went to school, I felt that pretty deeply Um, and, you know, just a, a rapid change at a time in my life where I was. Um, had moved from homeschool first through fourth grade to going to school in fifth grade. And then pretty rapidly after that, had some loss with Mocha and my grandparents and my uh, brother and sister both going to school and feeling like life was just changing so rapidly, you know, in a way that it hadn't for a long time. So not necessarily all bad in there, but but those were some of the like, yeah. Hard experiences of my my earlier life, I suppose. Um, what about you, man? How would you answer that question? The the best memories, the worst memories. I didn't do it as yeah. strict memories. I just kind of like big things that stand out for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, that yeah. No, was great. Thanks for sharing. Um, yeah, yeah, I have a handful of things here. I did them as memories because that's what the question asked for. So I'm going to obey the <laughs> rules. Unlike my counterpart here, who's just going to yeah. do whatever he wants. My uh, one, one I already mentioned earlier, uh, you know, camping on the beach. We used to camp probably from the age of like, man, I was probably young, three or four. I don't know if it was that young, but pretty close to that up until almost high school. My dad was still doing it um, until we had like, we all got sunburned really bad. I think this must have been like eighth grade, ninth grade year. Uh, and didn't help him back anything up. And that was the end of it for him. He was like, I'm never doing this again. I'm selling everything (laughs) He got rid of all the, Uh, which is understandable. I get it. (laughs) Uh, but like when I hear zippers, like long zippers, uh, like go up reminds me of camping on the beach. Um, reminds me of, you know, those good old times and, you know, you know, thank God for my dad. Like he used to record everything. So like he would put the camera up, even if he wasn't even like behind the camera, this is like good old VHS days. So like, this is the camera that sits on your shoulder type of camera, but he used to put on the tripod and just turn it on and record us doing whatever we're doing. So like a lot of our home videos are like, there's no real point to the home video, but like we cherish them now because we can, we get to watch these, these things, these memories kind of unfold. Uh, But there's a lot of camping videos from Carpinteria um, in California um but yeah that's a big one um other like big memories that i remember like changing a, a lot of just who i was um so i started playing hockey and it was just roller hockey in california we used to play on like the tennis courts kind of thing um in some league that my dad got us involved in um and we ended up moving to south dakota and moving to south dakota there's not a lot of sports you play um it's football um and hockey. I assume basketball was probably around, but we were in a basketball family. It wasn't around. Uh, we played a little bit of baseball, I guess, when we first got there because that's what we always did. Uh, but we we were introduced to ice hockey for the first time. And, yeah. you know, hockey in South Dakota, um, it was like, I want to say it was like 75 bucks to play for the year and they get, let you borrow gear. So like easy, wow. low bar to get into. And we started playing that and, I remember going through tryouts for the first time. Granted, I've never played the sport, at least on, you know, uh, ice before. And uh, I remember waiting to like hear if you made the team or didn't make the team. Um, And I don't remember if it was a phone call. They called you or there was like a list. But I do remember sitting in the car and I think it was just my mom and I, maybe my little, my youngest brother was there. Um, and, like, finding out I made, like, the A team instead of just, like, the the regular B team. Um, and, like, yeah. what? Like, I remember that being a, a big monumental yeah. moment. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, this will play into kind of the the heartaches of, of my childhood. But um, when I decided to go to camp for the first time, um, I remember that being a, a big moment. Um, and this is, you know, Christian camp kind of thing going with, you know, your church. I was probably, I was been, i had been eighth grade going into eighth grade, something like that when I decided to go. Um, and I remember that just being a monumental moment, like for whatever reason, we were having Wednesday night outside cause you know, that's the things you do when things are nice outside and, uh, our, my youth pastor kind of trying to convince people to go, you know, from the front And for whatever reason, making that decision to go. Uh, made some of my, you know, best friends, like I still hold on to those friendships today mm. yeah. um, on those trips um, and all that fun stuff. And, you know, that got me into the church world and uh, found Jesus, really found Jesus more than just, you know, um, you know, as much as you can understand who Jesus is as a child. Uh, and then we used to take mission trips to Agua Prieta, Mexico, uh, which is right across the border um, uh, from Douglas, Arizona. And, you know, those are, those are massive, um, moments for me. And not because like anything, not because anything about the trip itself was, you know, it wasn't like, Oh, we're working with poor kids. This is so yeah. none of that. I didn't learn a little bit Spanish. that por favor. Just sit down, please. Um, because that's all you say when you try to do VBS with right. a bunch of kids right. that don't speak your language. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you're, you you do not speak theirs. Um, but Yeah. But, uh, God did some big things in my own heart during those trips. Um, part of that was the journey of like hockey becoming less and less of a thing in my life. Um, going into those trips and making decisions to not try out for things and instead go on these trips, um, and that kind of stuff. But in the process of all that, God called me to ministry and, and to pastor people or you know, the specific ones or shepherd people, um, you know, on a street corner in Douglas, Arizona. Um, so there's, there's those moments that just have great impact, um, on my life. And probably in a lot of ways we're defining on whether it was getting into hockey or, um, yeah. understanding, you know, what church community really looks like and and what it feels like, um, or, you know, good old, you know, childhood memories of camping on the beach or even like, you know, Christmas morning, um, those kinds yeah. of things that you yeah. chase, um, probably the good ones. The, the bad side of this, <laughs> Um, you know, my parents divorced when I was, um, in first grade, I think it was first grade. Uh, Mrs. Finch's class, I think was her name, Miss Finch. I don't know. my dad probably remembers their names, uh, if I asked him. but, um, but I remember like sitting on my parents' bed and these are the memories that like I wrote down or like, what's the ones like I have vivid memories of, like I could put myself and I'm a, I'm a, uh, what do they yeah. call it? I have a picture of memory or whatever you call it. Like I remember mm-hmm. details by what it looked yeah. like um, and where I was sitting and like the room layout. Um, and like, I remember sitting on the end of my parents' bed and our parents trying to explain to a, uh, you know, first grader and a kindergartner at the time. Um, Cause it was just, they were just telling my brother and I, I assume they yeah. already told my older siblings um, that, that they were splitting up and what does that mean? And all that fun stuff. Um, but even like the arguments that my parents had after that and witnessing those arguments, because before that you, you didn't see anything like you're a child, yeah. you know any better. Yeah. You have no idea that they're arguing or whatever. Um, and even in the moment, like sure, kids are, um, are, um, uh, resilient. <clears throat> um, but yeah. you know, there's definitely some lasting things from that, that I probably didn't recognize for a long time, um, well into my adult years before you're able to go back and really realize like that was the moment for me, relationship, relational trust was broken. Um, not because of anything my parents specifically did, but like, here is your, here's your safe place. Or like, this is your safe um, home life and this is where you find security. And you know, that whole thing just you know gets ripped apart. Um, and I don't blame my parents for, for these parts of it. It's just the unfortunate outcome of divorce. Right. Um, you know, I have great relationships with both my parents and love them both and, they're both happily remarried um, since then. But um, like the trust piece of relationship, I think this is where it started for me, a, a distrust of relationship. And then yeah. things that happened that were hurtful, you know, moving forward from there were things that just reinforced that truth. So like uh, we moved to South Dakota. Um, this is like my late elementary years. Uh, I remember telling a friend, I remember it being a big deal for me to tell a friend who I liked um, but I ended up telling yeah. a friend who I liked and then the first thing he did was like turned around and told the world, uh, oh. which, you know, now, now it's kind of funny. Uh, looking back at it, you're like kids are stupid, whatever. Um, but he like as a child, you don't know any better. And then the fact that yeah. the girl didn't reciprocate the feelings, then you're like, oh, this really sucks. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, so like those moments reinforcing that, uh, you know, other friendships that kind of imploded and I'm pro- I probably wasn't a easy person to be friends with since trust was not a part of the equation um which which is hard to be be in relationship with people that don't give trust you know it stays pretty shallow or when it goes deep you know they get hostile um nine times out of ten at least i did and those that i've experienced do as well um so those are probably the big things that just so you know this friend uh, I did get him back. Like I did go to his house and we were hanging out one day, and I called one and left the phone off the hook and left. <laughs> I don't know what happened to that story. You never even said anything about it. <laughs> but that was my oh, revenge. Uh, so we're all good. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had some other friends in there that, like, uh, during that same time period, you know, I became good friends with, them and then they like moved away, which just reinforced yeah. like you know your friends are going to leave you. Relationships are are, are fragile. And all that fun stuff, uh, which took me a long time to deal with, probably most of my 20s, uh, to to figure out and to start trusting people again, um, to get to those places where you felt safe in relationship and you could be vulnerable and you could be honest. So you didn't have to put up the mask or the facade of who you wanted them to see you as. That wasn't necessarily the full truth of who you were um, yeah. and not worrying about, like... You know, it's it's funny. There's there's videos that go along with this conversation, and um, if you purchase it, I, I, want, I think it's like twenty bucks. It's not expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see those videos as well, but for copyright reasons, we can't we can't play them. Um, but uh, in the video, he talks about um, um something that I just lost my complete train of thought on because I got so video. focused on telling you, yeah. telling you yeah. how, much, how yeah. much the the thing cost yeah Uh, but I didn't remember so I had to like get that part of my brain to kick on and be like what was the price of that and then that wiped out whatever was in you know (laughs) the the short-term memory of where I was going with what I was trying about to what I was about to say uh yeah yeah there's there's these shaping moments inside of your life that happen that um you have to slow down enough to to really reflect on and see how it affected you and you know it's not a matter of blame. Don't, don't get to this place of like, you're a victim of something and that's the reason you are the way you are. Like you're responsible for your own actions, your own behaviors, your own thought patterns, no matter what has happened to you. Um, like don't go blaming of like, well, so-and-so, you know, my friend that betrayed my trust, he's an ass. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> all people are like, don't go down those roads. It's not helpful to you. It's not helpful to them. Um, if your parents yeah. divorce, which, you know, unfortunately is the norm in today's society, like i i wouldn't go blaming them for something um you know it's it's not their fault for the the outcome of of how it affected you necessarily yeah. um, you just got to learn how to to move past it and overcome those those challenges um yeah. don't let those go i i might be preaching right now but i'm not preaching at andrew i'm preaching at our audience so i feel like that's acceptable <laughs> um when i break this news uh, dude, uh, these are great me, rules, by the way, these are rules yeah, that we use are. in our own community, you know, of, of Hill city, yeah. um, or similar worded rules that we live by, but yeah, keep going, Andrew.
1: I was just going to say, yeah, man, that, uh, spurred a couple, uh, good memories that, you know, I just prepped quickly for this, but like, um, I remember a couple years, 4th of July at, at my best friend, James's house, um, was just like the coolest, event ever. We would, uh, James and I, uh, his dad was a fireman and went big on everything. Uh, so he would have us wake up at 5.00 AM that night. So I'd stay the night before, get up at 5.00 AM and we helped him put a, um, a whole pig on a spit, um, and roasted it all day And like, it was just a super fun day getting ready for this big fourth of July, lots of fireworks, um, huge cookout, trampoline, bounce house, like all the stuff. This is like
0: sandlot, like replayed out in your actual life.
1: It was really fun. So, and then when we were older, we actually got to help light the fireworks, which was intense and fun. Nice. But, uh, but yeah, man, that was one of those like high water, awesome moments that happened a few times in my childhood. Um like roast a hog. And then by like 5 PM, it's ready to eat. And like no food has ever tasted better, you know, than like the pig we helped roast and like monitor it all day yeah. and stuff. Um, but yeah, one of the, the hard other, like a hard moment um, in my childhood that like you were saying that I've reflected a lot more on as an adult was when my dad got fired um, unjustly. He was in pharmaceutical sales and essentially got fired because he was like nearing that like full eligibility for a pretty sweet retirement deal. Um, and, and they brought in a new boss who fired my dad and like six or eight other people who were all uh in the region and who were all about to be fully retirement eligible. So that was like uh from there, there was like many years of of impact on my dad and my family and, you know, all of that, but it was like, it was deeply unjust and to see him be treated poorly and, and then, you know, um, have that play out it, while being not the only child, but feeling like the only child at home, witnessing those kind of dinner table conversations of like hmm. applying for jobs and like feeling discouraged about, not getting an interview and maybe depressed and maybe not and all the things, you know, that had a big, big impact on me uh, and took a while to unpack and understand for sure. Um, but like you were saying, love my dad, you know, um, glad for the person that he is and the the father that he is in my life. But that was a hard thing, too, for sure. So I, I don't see us getting through all four of these questions in our time today, but that's probably OK. No. Um, but maybe yeah. we could Let's just get hit to the, the next one, the second then... one. Yeah. 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 Do you want to go first we'll or back, should I, I jump in with, uh, highs and lows? Do you have things adulthood?
0: prepared? Cause I don't,
1: yeah, I have a little bit okay. prepared. Um, not a ton, but yeah. So I'll start with my highs. Um, so adventures, uh, actually I'll start with college, like adulthood I'd say is, Roughly 18 on, but for me it was really like when I first felt independence, you know, of like, I get to make decisions, I'm doing this thing. So I went to this private Christian college, Indian Wesleyan in the middle of nowhere, Indiana. And I kind of went kicking and screaming. Like my plan was was really to run away from God. Um, and my parents were like, Well, we will help you with school if you go to a Christian school. If you don't, good luck, you know, pretty much. Um, so I went and did a tour of Indiana Wesleyan with my best friend, James, um, fully intending to just write it off, you know, and be like, yeah, I'm out. But I had grown up following Jesus uh, while also trying to follow the ways of the world at the same time, trying to live a double life like I've kind of talked about uh, in the past. But, dude, This is like a high and low moment that that I vividly remember. Like we were, you know, we were staying in the night at Indiana Wesleyan, I And uh, and I remember God just clearly speaking to me like this is where you're supposed to be, (laughs) you know, and feeling this like weight of conviction of like but I don't want that. Like I wanted to run away from this life and I wanted to just go do my own thing. I already got accepted at this, um, Ohio university, Athens, which is like a huge party school, huge public school. Like I already got accepted. I'm going to do that. And God's like, this is where I want you to be, you know? Um, and it was just one of those moments where I like knew, knew a piece of God's will in my life. Um, and I didn't want to follow it, but I felt like I <laughs> I felt like I had no choice because I had heard him so clearly. I'm like, crap, okay, you know, so but anyway, like fast forward to like amazing friendships built, um real relationships built. And like at Indiana Westland later in my freshman year was like that was the moment where I had that come to Jesus moment of like literally, I kind of gave God an ultimatum of like, I'm going to be, I'm going to live as well as I can for you, or I'm not going to pretend to at all. Like this is a moment, you know, and and that kind of moment of God, like waking up the next morning and just feeling firm in my conviction that like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to live out uh, a a real relationship with, with God in my life going forward. Um, That was a, true high. And like, that was the real moment where I don't know if I was necessarily saved or not. I think it happened long before that, but that was the moment where I made the choice to like, I'm going to try to really live this out. And it's because I'm choosing it. It's not because I grew up in a church or said a prayer. It's because I am like making this choice of God, I'm going to try to live for you. So that was a high. Um, Other than that, man, and just fast forwarding, like, I think about getting married to Jana, um, how incredible that experience actually was, but then also quickly on the heels, like getting in a U-Haul, driving across the country to Colorado Springs where we knew nobody, (laughs) literally, for a a job selling roofs door-to-door and an apprenticeship at our old church that paid like 200 bucks a month uh, for Jana to like learn ministry, you know, and see if she was really called full-time into it or not. Um, Dude, like crazy leap, you know, and like really the whole time we were doing it, we're like, we feel super excited about this, a little bit terrified, and we're going to see what happens, you know? Um, So it was just that, that was the biggest leap uh, ever in my life up until that point. And maybe there's been a few since, but you know, just like the the number of like, I remember a low was feeling like even though Jana and I were growing closer together and had a great start of our marriage, like feeling a low. And like we had just come out of this Indiana Wesleyan bubble, small college environment with like all these amazing close friendships at our fingertips and uh, then like this deep loneliness at the same time of like, we're thousands of miles from our friends. Like many of them are still in Indiana. Uh, We're out here together, but alone, you know, Um, coming into understanding some of the weight of what ministry looks like and feels like along the way. Um, But then the like ray of sunlight bursting through was like the friendships that came out of that big leap. Like, man, you and I, one of the best friends I've ever had, and that wouldn't have ever Our paths would have never crossed if we didn't leap to Colorado, as far as I'm aware. Um, Not a good number of other friends, followed by like crazy adventures like camping and backpacking in the Rockies float club, which we've talked about floating down uh, epic trout streams and crazy inner tubes with, you know, being loud and bothering fishermen, but having just so much fun Um, going to winter retreats and, and doing ministry together with youth, like so many good things. Um, the lows, and, and I'll just go real fast because we only have a few minutes. So I want you to get yours in too. Lows of adulthood have all to do with uh, with the sanctification process in my own life of moments where God has revealed like, and here's what we're going to focus on working on. Um, I say the lows because those are the moments where my own imperfection—not that I ever think I'm perfect—but my my imperfection is brought front and center, has been brought front and center, um, in a way that's like, well, I have to trust God to work through this. And those are the areas where a lot of growth has come from in my life. But but they're not easy; they're they're hard to work through, and it's hard to face. Like here's, here's where sin lives in my heart and my life and how it affects others. And here's where I need God's help to, to work through this, um, and, and to live a little bit more righteously, um, as I go. But yeah, man, sanctification is hard and those are highs and lows way too fast. I could tell a lot of stories, but, um, those are a couple of the things that stand out. What about you?
0: That's great. Um, As I was writing my list, as you were talking, and I was listening to your stories, uh, things that reminded me of other things and then doing my best because remembering we are on a public forum and I'm not just talking to Andrew, uh, I'm talking to everyone that listens, crossing some of these things out where you're like, I probably shouldn't share that because it involves other people. That's not fair. Uh, So this list is a little bit here and there. We'll see. Um, but Andrew had that story about in college, making his faith, uh, his own my, Mine happened a little bit before that it was going into my senior year of high school. And that's probably where my, I would start my adult story, um, is recognizing, you know, Jesus calling me to ministry, shepherding his sheep, and then really dropping everything else to pursue that one, one thing or that one dream that God's placed in your heart. Um, so I remember like preaching for the first time, which is, which was, a highlight and also a low light um, because you weren't good at it and people told you that you weren't good at it, which is fantastic for someone just starting out. Uh, but, uh, like starting to catch that bug, you know, I was in ministry early on. I think I was 19 when I had my first, you know, uh, job in ministry, you know, with junior high students. Um, but like so many formative and, um, like Andrew said, you know, this is true of all ministry, but when you get to do ministry with friends and build those friendships and relationships yeah. and, you know, I was 19, we had a couple of people that were close to my age, you know, on our, our leadership team, but most of them were in their forties and fifties, um, and learning how to lead in, in that perspective as, as you honor those that, you know, have gone before you, but at the same time, um, still try to lead in a direction, um, but they were extremely gracious people. I love them well. We actually lost one of them, um uh, early, he was in his mid sixties, I think when he had a heart attack, um, and, and man, did that, that wreck me. That was like, shoot, mm-hmm. it's probably about eight years ago that he passed away. Um, but just those, those relationships that you get to build, um, inside those environments as you're trying to chase after a common goal, um, was, was definitely a highlight. The opportunity to, to build something from nothing, um, was a highlight, uh, yeah. and just getting into, you know, doing what God, you feel like God called you to do and having, you know, having people that believed in you enough to give you that opportunity um, was, was huge. I don't think these people listen, but um, if they ever did listen, I want to honor them because these are good stories, but you know, pastor, uh, my pastor at that church was uh, Dennis Adams, um, who I grew up at that church. So I knew Dennis for a long time. Um, And then Kurt Blocker was the youth pastor that gave me that opportunity as well. Um, Both great men of God still pursuing, you know, a life of ministry and and investing in those around them in in different ways. Um, But, you know, gave me an opportunity to to serve. So I appreciate those guys. Uh, I remember this isn't a bad, this is a great thing, but at the same time, it didn't feel great in the moment. Um, So I struggle with porn probably from, shoot, I don't know, uh, early teenage years, if not younger than that, um, through my mid-20s. Um, and I remember sharing that with somebody for the very first time, a friend of mine, we're sitting at Starbucks and like, no joke. And I think I've told this on the podcast before, no joke. It took me, I remember like trust issues is, it was Josh's biggest thing. We don't trust relationship. Um, and it took me like 45 minutes to drum up the courage to share with this person. Here's my struggle and what's going on. Um, as we sat outside of a Starbucks and their response was, um, it wasn't like, it wasn't demeaning in any way, but it was like, wait, that's, that's all you have to tell me. <laughs> like I thought you, you killed somebody <laughs> uh, just because of the, like took me 45 yeah. minutes and they knew, yeah. like, I was like, I, you know, I want to mean tell you something that I've been struggling with. It yeah. <laughs> just took me all this time. But like, that's an exposing experience. If, mm-hmm. if you're not in a relationship in that way where it feels that way at times, um, not, Unhealthy, like have relationship, build up to it, don't jump into that. that's, that's not, that's not going to get you to where you want you to go or you want to go. but um, like if, it does, if you're not feeling exposed, vulnerable in the things, you're not going deep enough in relationship with people. I um, mean that's true with those you walk with, you walk with. Um, I left that first church um, just because I got dissatisfied with the state of the Christian church at that point. Um, Not in the sense of like, screw church, I'm out of it. But like, this this question of there's got to be more to this. Like, church can't just be we show up on Sunday, we show up on Wednesday and we're good Christians. Like there's gotta be more to this whole thing. So that started this whole journey of really, really trying to learn what it meant to love God and love people and love people that don't think the thing same way that you do. You know, I left that church with one major regret. Um, you know, we took a ministry from, you know, probably 30 to, to over a hundred um, in the three years that I was there or on staff there, um, which was great wins. But as I looked back on it, um, I remember like, I was like, I don't, I don't think anyone came to know Jesus in that entire time. We could draw a crowd. We could have a lot of fun. We could put on big events, but I don't know, like to, even to the point I might've shared this before on the podcast, but even to the point where like, I, I would screw up how to spell gospel, not because I don't know how to spell gospel. I don't, I didn't. Um, but like I would flip letters around because I don't know how to sound words out. So I can't spell them if I don't know them, but I just never used it. It was the realization that I came to. It was like, we never talked about the gospel and yeah. we never dug into these things. We just tried to build something that was fun and drew a crowd. Um, so when I ended up at my next church after that, um, like we that was the thing, like we're going yeah. to preach the gospel wholeheartedly yeah. and people are going to come to know Jesus. I don't care about anything else. Uh, and that was the ministry that we ran. That's the ministry Andrew and I met each other in. And yeah. um, but so I, I left the church and for about three years, I just kind of, worked other jobs. So uh, I ended up at a um at Apple um for a good season and and learned what it meant to to build a relationship with people that that didn't view life the same way that I did, that didn't have the same world view. Uh, and how do you, you know, be friends with those you disagree with in a lot of uh, different key areas and um got to got to be friends with a lot of cool people and learn how to build a relationship. Like it was a it was there was a lot of healing in that season too of building yeah. a relationship and being a part of, I remember getting invited to a party Um and like thinking, and I didn't go to the party cause I was thinking to myself like, well, they're, they don't really want me there. They're just, mm-hmm. they're inviting everybody. And then after the fact, they're like, dude, I thought you were coming. Like you didn't, you said you were coming. You didn't show up yeah. those kinds of things. You're like, Oh, I, I can actually yeah. be a part of group. So there's healing in that too. Cause mm-hmm. remember Josh has trust issues um most of his childhood and into his early twenties and probably yeah. still to some extent today, just not as bad. Um, so like that played into it, um, as well. And, you know, knowing you wanted, you needed to be back in ministry, but didn't know, um, what that looked like ending up at a church. Um, you know, that was a, a blessing as well to get back into ministry, um, after being out of it for three, three, four years. Um, uh, and then, you know, the journey of that there's, there's more that could go, but for the sake of time, we'll, we'll kind of cut it short here. Cause we're already at an hour. I think um, we apologize that this is a long one. Um, But the other big piece of this too is that I, that I want, that I remember, like my brother, my brother's a year and a half younger than I am. Year and a half. Is that right? Yeah. Year and a half. Um, and, um, like he was like, he was, he was a rock for me in a lot of ways that I probably never really gave him true credit for, um, through all those stories and through the childhood stories, like, you know, we were, you know, it's my only sibling that we share the same exact parents, you know, both mom and dad and not just, you know, half siblings or step siblings. Um, so like we journeyed for a long time together and, um, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, he joined the Navy, got married, joined the Navy and moved away, um, which for the first time you're like, wow, I'm by myself and you got to figure this out on your own. Um, you know, you don't have someone to lean on or, or whatever. And, um, I know Andrew listens, man, I'm getting teary-eyed. <laughs> um, hey man,
1: I, I could resonate. I remember, I'll give you a sec while you're, you're working through it. I can resonate feeling a lot of that stuff too. When, uh, I was maybe a little younger, but yeah, that, you know, your rock sibling moving away, it's, it's no joke. So back to you and it's okay. You know, if you're feeling it, um,
0: but yeah. And I wasn't, yeah, <laughs> it's just, you know, I know Andrew listens and I, I love your brother. Yeah. Um We'll leave it at that. But, um, you know, it, it, we, we we model this because we want you to to have the same type of relationships. You know, there's there's often times in our own life, like there's blind spots that we have in our character. There's blind spots we have in our behavior. There's blind spots we have in how we view God and the character of who God really is. Um, or there's things that God wants to to invest in you. Not whether it's He wants to change inside of you for the good of the like. He, Or he just wants to bring blessing in in an area, not blessing in the sense of like blessings and cursings, but like he wants to give good things to those who love him. Um, You know, uh, Paul's words to Romans to the Romans. Um, like we miss those things oftentimes because we're just not hearing God on that, that wavelength or, or that topic or whatever. And and we need that community around us um, to speak those things into us or to remind us of truths that are true about us because of who God is and, and what God has done uh, in his faithfulness in the past. Um, and this is why relationship matters. Like, um, you know, oftentimes you get to these places, especially in our adult lives is you look all around and, you may have a ton of friends, um, people you spend time with and hang out with, but you have this like, um, uh, feeling in the back of your mind constantly that no one really knows the real you. So you feel like you never really belong in those, those environments or those groups of people. Um uh, but this is how you start to feel that, you know, you belong, um, is you invest in, in getting to know each other through conversation. So that's, that's why we're doing this conversation series yeah. is we want to model this. Um, we want to model this to, to those that listen because we think it's important. Um, but two, it's it's a huge tool for God to use those individuals in our life to speak truth into our hearts, into our lives, in areas yeah. that we may be missing. And um, that's always a, a big win when we're fostering relationship with both God and people. I mean, right, you know, we've said this before, but God's about relationship. He wants you to foster relationship with him. He wants to foster relationship with people. Um, as yeah. Christians, we should be relationship experts. There should be no one else on this planet to do relationships better than we do them. That we love people well, that we speak truth in the most filled, graced way that we possibly can, um, and that yeah. you know, at the utmost, what matters most to us is the well-being of those people around us, and not necessarily you know, bashing people over the head with truth um, and using it as yeah. a weapon rather as an ability for people to grow uh, and to become who God's called them to be. Um, so practice these things. Like we said, we'll post in the show notes where you can um, get these same questions and go through this same experience um, that we're going through. Um, we'll pick up um, back on week one and maybe jump right into the second conversation as well as we talk more about, actually, they probably align pretty well because we're going to start yeah, talking about the totally. story piece of it, um, totally. how he met Jesus and that kind of stuff. So uh, we'll, we'll keep going with that. Andrew, any last words as we close out this episode that we broke, an hour again, even though hey, we're we'll really, that's okay. really good that's okay. for a while and keeping um, a
1: Yeah, man. Just uh thanks for for being vulnerable uh in and, and real. I know it's not easy. Uh people try to do this. The stuff that's hard is the stuff that tends to be good. So it's worth it. Thanks for listening, Josh. Good to see you, my friend. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people.
0: And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you.